It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Listen in as they discuss a variety of topics, such as the French Dispatch, Doctor Who Flux, and zombie films. watching it, I realized those three stories, particularly the second and the third, are all filmed in like classic European style sort of. The middle one was sort of French New Wave, the last one was like um, Italian neo-realistic, but there was another scene in that movie, he steals stuff from (laughs) a bunch of movies, and it's not really stealing, It's, it's just cool. Of course, of course he does. I saw a great video where there's a scene in the Grand Budapest, Budapest Hotel where Jeff Goldblum is being followed by Willem Dafoe. That scene is copied from Alfred Hitchcock's Torn Curtain. But there was a there was a short scene that he totally got from a from an old 30s musical called uh, In the it's Love Me Tonight, I think it's called. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's all right. It wasn't really bad. It wasn't really good. Um, yeah. The second story was a fucking slog, man. I just didn't understand what was in it. Like, what is go you sleep? No, this is you can't sleep with Francis McDormand. You're supposed to be with Army Hammer. Um, no, it doesn't. Really, oh, oh damn, doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's a lot of coming a mile away. The whole Harold Harold and Mod uh, situation. I knew that was gonna happen. Yeah, that second that second story, especially when I watched it the second viewing. That whole bit with Timothy Chalamet just yeah dragged the whole movie to like a standstill. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of that bit, but I liked almost everything else except maybe the Owen Wilson uh, bit at the opening too. I thought was oh know, no, yeah. I loved that. Even though I can't stand <laughs> Owen Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed it on the first viewing, but for whatever reason, the second viewing I just found him a little obnoxious. I also typically don't really like him. I liked him in Loki. But... Well, he does a joke in that sequence with um, Owen Wilson. That he already he was copying from himself. He did the exact same joke in Royal Tenenbaums, and I thought it was super funny way back when. And then I was like, "Oh, you're doing the same joke again." And it wasn't as funny. Oh God, I just have to mention this. Um, have you guys seen the trailer for the new Owen Wilson Jennifer Lopez movie? Oh, no idea. No. I'm not going to see that movie. Oh, <sighs> it's an absurd, absurd trailer where. J-Lo like gets she was like doing a concert where she was going to get married and for the person she was going to marry stands her up and so oh, she just God. points to someone in the audience and it's Owen Wilson and they get married yeah I saw that I was like oh my god this looks so terrible so this supposed to be a comedy I'm sure it's supposed to be a comedy yeah but it did not look funny it just looked embarrassing and they put like because um, trailers apparently nowadays the people making them try to like win Oscars 
they do like the highs and lows like here's a funny bit then here's a really dramatic yeah. bit and I'm like oh no this looks just absolutely terrible but I might see it just out of <laughs> just out of uh, kind of curiosity to see how bad it is sometimes I like to go see movies like that I went to go also with my mom because she likes going to the movies and my dad usually won't go with her um, we also saw Belfast which was okay and House of hmm. Gucci which was magnificent loved that House of Gucci but yeah. in my old age, I'm getting fond of these, you know, based on true story things. So I'm starting to develop into the real taste that the Oscar nom- uh, nominees, uh, the, the old men over at the Academy, I think. But <laughs> Lady Gaga was awesome. But I think that whoever it was that's playing Lucy Ricardo might give her a run for her money. Because I've heard really good things about that movie. Lucy Ricardo. I'm not sure I know what that one is. Yeah, the, Meet the Ricardos. They're making a, made a movie about... Uh, Lucy and Desi. Um, oh, I don't, I don't think I know anything about that at all. Hmm. I don't know, but she hmm. got the trailer. It looks really good. Like, it's another you know based on a true story, obviously. Thing. So. Yeah, but I definitely like Lady Gaga in there. Another uh, good showing for her. But I thought Adam Driver was a real standout in that one. Actually, nobody in that movie sucked. They were all great. I mean, Al Pacino was kind of doing his Al Pacino thing. But <laughs> yeah. Jared Leto, and you know, and it wasn't just the makeup; it was just him being an idiot. So. Yeah, and I remember making jokes that he was going to be terrible in that from the trailers, and I was like, "He's wearing like the old age makeup from mm-hmm. Prometheus." I was like, "Ridley Scott can't help himself," but no, it all it all worked, and he didn't look nearly as bad after like a few minutes on screen. Yeah, so. yeah. And I didn't really know that he died in real life. I didn't know that that I didn't know anything about that. So I'm like, I've never heard of this before. You know. Like, me neither. This is fascinating. The really cool moment was uh, when the Tom Ford character showed up, and I was like, whoa, Tom Ford, I had no clue of his connection to Gucci. Yeah. I only really know him as a filmmaker. Yeah. So. <laughs> and uh, people in the theater clapped here in Austin, because I guess he's from Austin. I don't know. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I think I remember him saying that. What were the movies that he, what were the movies he made again? Uh, the one, Unnatural Creatures? Yeah, Nocturnal Animals. I like that one a lot. I haven't seen his other one, but I've heard a lot of good things. What's the other one? Um, I don't remember what that one's called now. I'll quickly look it up. I know it had that one guy from, um, oh, what's his name now? From Kingsman. Oh, a single man. Oh, what's that guy's actor? I should know this. He's Colin a good actor. Firth. <laughs> Colin Firth, thank you. Oh, Nicholas Holt, who I have a crush on, so I checked that out for him. <laughs> who? Yeah, <laughs> Nicholas Holt. Oh, is that the one that's also in Mad Max Fury Road? Yep, yep. And I saw him on Skins when I was younger, and that's where my my little crush started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's another guy in Skins that I had a crush on, and and then I saw him in something where he was all grown up. I'm like, it's that guy! Wow, I don't remember his name, though. Is that, like, the Hispanic guy? Like, uh, or maybe he was Indian, I don't know. Yeah, the Indian guy I definitely had a big attraction to. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name, too. Yeah, he's been in a ton of great stuff, like yeah. The Green Knight earlier this year. Yeah, his career's really just shot Who's off. Who's that? Inside number nine. Now we gotta look it up. Um, Where he played Ul in Green Knight? Oh, uh, Dev Patel. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, no, I wasn't thinking of him. Um, oh, oh. Uh, hold on. Oh, Peter Capoli was in Skins. Oh, oh yes, he was. That's right. He was a big asshole in that. But... Okay, I think the guy that I'm thinking of is Nick Levin. Is that him? I think that is him. 
Yeah, and uh, another character, another actor from Skins was just in the Resident Evil uh, Welcome to Raccoon City. How was that? She played the lead. Um, for a Resident Evil movie, uh, I really enjoyed it. Mm. Can't say it's a great movie, but definitely the best of the, the movies they made so far, I think. Because they try to stay more to, to a horror, not kind of silly action. Nick Levin. Or is it Nick Levine? L-E-V-A-N. It's Levin. L-E-V-A-N. Maybe it's not him. Who did he play in Green Knight? Oh, no, I was thinking of Deb Patel. Oh, well, how did Sean first bring him up? In what context? We were, we were talking about two different people, both from Skins. Oh, from Skins. Okay. No, this is not the guy. This is not the guy. I don't know. It's not really important. Okay, yeah. yeah. I got confused. Yeah, you're right. It's less important now. <laughs> did any of you want to finish the flex Doctor Who thing? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know if you were going to watch it like entirely fashion did you sean no i watched the first episode and then i was like i i just can't get the motivation i've heard good and bad things about it but I... oh you've missed like the whole the whole season but the halloween apocalypse or whatever it was yeah oh, okay. i don't think uh whenever sean doesn't get around to watching it i don't think i'll i'll be surprised by his take yeah i'm not gonna like it i think it's pretty straightforward i mean generally i mean consensus i seems to me i think there's a lot of great stuff in it it just as a whole oh boy <laughs> okay i know who the guy is now i know nobody luke pascalino luke pascalino he was in snowpiercer whoa oh he played somebody named gray in snowpiercer oh i'm, I'm seeing him now but i don't remember him in snowpiercer interesting is it the tv series or the the film uh hold on let me see that's the first thing he's listed it's Let's see in the film oh oh and that bsg movie uh blood and chrome which i've yet to see oh, i saw that but i mean that was a million years ago oh he was in snatch oh husker i remember that character yeah he played the young Adama. drunk history who would he play in drunk history dick turpin who is that You're not a real person i don't know it... did he create turpentine <laughs> that's exactly what i thought <laughs> Uh, but I think it might be like the English... Yeah, it is, because it's got a little uh, I see. Union yeah. Jack on it. So it was only on for one season, it looks like, in 2015. Anyway, okay. Oh, and he was in Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah I vaguely remember him from that. It was just a one-off. Yeah, I've, I've always heard bad things about Blood and Chrome, so I just have not made a priority to see it. But It, it, was, it was fine. It was nice like seeing the older characters when they were young. But it had like a. It felt very green screen, which of course is not the way the actual series is. It, oh man, I'm reaching deep into my memories. It had this look like the actors were literally in front of green screen, and so backgrounds and you know hallway, like you know what I mean. Like had like a um, yeah. prequels. No, yes, no, but I'm thinking of more modern things like. Uh, I know there's some Robert Rodriguez movies like that, um, or you could say like, oh god, yeah, um, like some of the Spy Kids movies and some other stuff that he did, and also uh, Speed Racer, but not as stylized as Speed Racer, um, not like, hmm. but you know, you understand what I mean though. Like it didn't really feel like it's like digital sets, but it was okay. I mean, it wasn't. It was just a one-off little thing. It was more for the story. For that, 
Oh, but uh, just a curiosity for you, Eric. I remember you were saying you wanted to do something for Flux on on somebody's I? podcast. I don't remember what did the, I say the that? details of what what you said. Was. I don't remember saying that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I think you were saying you want to do it with Josh or something. But I was like, oh, okay. I mean, if you want to talk about this this season, I I feel like it's already leaving my brain in some parts. But I remember Josh wanted to do something, and I was passing it on. I think, but we haven't talked about that. Oh, okay. He mentioned it like after the first episode came out, and we haven't ever discussed it since. <laughs> well, maybe that's telling. I mean, I'm open to it. Um, I don't know what to say about it other than the message that Sean already saw that, which is, I mean, it was. I thought it was far better than the other chip in all years, but that's not saying anything. Yeah, the most interesting thing that the the Angels episode, I guess, was all right. It, it amazes me like how many years it's been since the first and second Angels story till now. Um, everyone keeps saying like, "Oh, Chibnall did so good!" Like in his writing in this series compared to the other two, but I can't believe that it's him. I have to believe it's the other people who were working with him, the other producer and the other writers that he worked with. Like, I can't imagine this just came out of him on his own. Like, it doesn't compute because um, it feels so different from his previous offerings. Feels different, but feels the same. It feels like he really put the effort in to try to do something good, but all his same problems are there. It's just he masked them a little bit better until the very end. They all kind of showed themselves again. Well, again, I don't know if he masked them or those other people helped mask them. But that's that's what I'm saying. Well, I, I think there was only one episode where he had someone working with him. The other ones he wrote all himself. There was at least one that was co-written, but I'm but but he's but he's also like he has his other co-producer person. And it's funny, I know he's executive producer, yeah. but people act like that other person doesn't exist. When I'm very suspicious uh, that the person really does exist, again, because things are so different than the previous two. Yeah, it's, it's funny, they did that with Moffat too. They would just like always ignore the other producers that are working with them. <laughs> yeah, well, except for him, you can, but you at least can see his signature style. I'm more suspicious with Chibnall because it's so such a radically different feel. Um, and everything else. It pfft, again, it feels like faux Moffat Who is what it feels like, um, it, or derivative Moffat Who is what the overall flex thing feels like to me. Um, which I'm not even saying is a good thing. Oh, that's fair. That's just what it seems like. Um, and then I'm well. I don't want to say too much more because then, then it starts getting the spoilers for Sean who has. Yeah, Sean. I don't want to leave him out too much. Yeah, I will watch it eventually, but if there's a major spoiler, I don't want to hear it. Right, exactly. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but is it a spoiler to talk about what's in the teaser for the next stupid special? <laughs> I think it is, considering the content of the series. But I guess Sean will be spoiled anyway once the episode comes out, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. I, I mean, there's nothing There's nothing big other than, in the, in the trailer, other than the reveal of perhaps who the antagonist is and I'm like I'm I'm fucking done with that shit. I was I was I'm like can we that's see when we got to the when we got to the end of Flux and they show that next time trailer. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. I'm like, oh there's the Moffat reset button. Like Moffat would constantly do things and then a couple episodes later just completely throw it out. Well I don't I'm like you threw it out in the same episode. I don't care about <laughs> the reset or, or I don't even know if there is a reset. I know what you mean though. I just mean I'm fucking done with that antagonist what's fuck like i don't know unless it's a misdirect who is the antagonist 
Who's the antagonist? Motherfucking Daleks again. Daleks. Unless unless it's a Oh man. Unless it's a unless it's a misdirect. Who knows, you know, like they're only in the first ten minutes. But I was like, fuck no. Like no. don't this not this shit again. No, I read I read that he was he said that his uh, other two Daleks stories were part of a trilogy. <laughs> and this is gonna be the end of his trilogy. <sighs> Very loose trilogy, I guess, but I guess we'll see. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh. I think Chris Chibnall likes the smell of his own farts. <laughs> it's like those people on South Park. <laughs> oh, I, I feel like God. That's, they're, that's all the new Who guys. They're both fucked out right now. I'm talking about the Daleks and the Cybermen. Like they've had some, you know, nice, interesting things. In it, but but they're both. They both feel so neutered to me at the moment. Uh, I mean, just because of they've just you know. It's, I could have said the same thing 20 years They've been defeated so much that you got to, like, put them away or something. Or I don't know what you do with them uh, to make them relevant. See, that's what's so sad about what's so sad about what happened with uh, the Timeless Children. Because I thought that haunting the whole uh, Frankenstein, Mary Shelley story with the Cybermen. I thought that was really creepy and well done. Yes. Cybermen, like, flashing out. And I was like, oh, wow, this is, like, a new invention for the Cybermen. We haven't seen anything like this in... Since the RTD era. And then they just fucked it up the next episode with the cyber time lords, whatever the crap. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. I did I did too. Oh boy. God damn it. Right when you like start to like something, it's gotta get all fucked up <laughs> with the Yeah, that's I yeah. Uh, <laughs> but again, I think all new who writers just like to smell their own farts. Like Clara. Moffat got so up his ass with Clara and Rose. No, but see, and, that works. Because Clara's hot. Jenna Coleman's hot and engaging, so it works. It smooths over a lot of things. I thought she was hot, but it couldn't save the uh, the horrible writing. I like seeing her on screen, but I couldn't stand that character. Well, that's what I'm saying. Or how much. You may not stand her, but at least you can just look at her and then it's like, okay. There's that. But I I do like... I I liked her with Peter Capaldi. Yeah. Oh, what were you saying, Sean? I, I like her with Peter Capaldi. I didn't like her with Matt Smith. I didn't like a lot on Matt Smith, so... Oh, dear. Oh, me neither. I did not come for this. Okay. <laughs> I like Matt Smith as an actor. I just... His era is one of my least favorites of, yeah. of all Doctor Who, sadly. Oh, unfriend block. <laughs> oh, and I was going to say, I uh, saw the trailer for Morbius again, and I was like, oh, I forgot Matt Smith is in this. Okay. I have not yet seen that trailer. Um... I saw some video, it wasn't nothing, it was not breaking news or anything, but some video that was supposedly explaining what Matt Smith, what he was supposed to be if he had been in uh, Rise of Skywalker. I don't know how true it was, the video mm-hmm. I was watching on YouTube. But apparently he was supposed to play um, like the younger Palpatine. And it sounded interesting. Um, but because they reworked the script um, a lot, uh, there was no longer need for him to play that role, so that's why it got cut. Supposedly, according to this YouTube video, but it, it could have been interesting. But whatever. Hmm. Well, I guess we have much more before we jump into this film here. Well, I haven't seen anything interesting since the last time I spoke to both of you, because um, I was thinking about that before we came on. Like, eh, nothing I can think of. Let me look at my little. Uh, Letterboxd Diary real quick. <laughs> yeah, but you, Sean, you seen any good movies lately? Mm, House of Gucci. 
I'm just glad he didn't hate um, uh, French Dispatch. And I don't think it's the greatest movie either, but at least he didn't hate it. Yeah, all I've been doing since we last talked is just uh, playing Resident Evil games. Wow. Gonna do a big kick of it again, so I've not been watching many movies at all. <laughs> Which is very rare for me. I usually watch like maybe like four or five a week. But yeah, all I've watched is Horror Express the past week or so. Oh, uh, me and Caleb watched Persona last week, which is supposed this is one of the more, more famous or most famous Igmar Bergman movies. And then uh, mm. I watched Bullets Over Broadway, I guess, over the last week. Oh, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean, I liked it. It was all right. It was fine. I didn't love it, though. Um, don't speak. Don't speak. Don't speak. <laughs> And so, but I don't know. Maybe I wasn't in the right frame of mind. But I mean, I'm cool with the play within a play. Um, it, it it oozes '94 in terms of production and everything like that. Yeah. And uh, I like the scene. Is it Jennifer Tilly? Meg Tilly is somebody. A Jennifer Tilly. Yes. Her boyfriend, the gangster, gives her black pearls, and she oh, says, yes. "Black pearls? Would they come from retarded oysters?" Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, but I do love Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> see, like I thought the movie was all right, but it it doesn't feel very Woody Allen for like the things I usually look for with him. Like, it, like if you didn't, if the, if someone didn't tell you it was Woody Allen, there's only one thing that gives it away that it's a Woody Allen movie. But other than that, you would have no idea who made this movie or who wrote it. The only uh, one thing. Well, to me, there's only one real thing that really signals it as a Woody Allen work or production. Well, there's the obvious credits, because uh, his credits always look the same, but then there's well, the fact uh, yes. that John Cusack is basically doing Woody Allen, you know? Exactly. Exactly. That's the one giveaway that you, that's a, like a Woody Allen trope. But other than that, nothing would have suggested to me for sure. that Because it just doesn't seem like it. And obviously I like Woody Allen movies for Woody Allen-ness. Aside from that bit of the token Woody Allen character. And it is weird seeing Cusack play Woody Allen, essentially. That's a little <laughs> bit weird. Eh, but eh, it's fine. How did, he, uh, how did he manage it? Was he okay in the movie? I don't know. Hey, he's capable. He's, he's certainly... Oh, no, no, yeah, he's perfect. I, I've never disliked Cusack. He's perfectly capable. Eh. It's just a lot of times Woody picks, like, Jewish actors, at least. And I, I don't know, maybe Cusack's 25% Jewish. I have no idea. But, um, but, but no, I mean, that was fine. And it's just the first movie chronologically in the set that I got. So I'm still looking forward to everything else because I've seen none of these before. They're all... Is Small small Time Crooks in there? Yes, it is. You're right. I, I really enjoyed that movie. I really liked it. I'd love to, because he's, he's married, he's in it, uh, which is good, which I like. And he's in it with, uh, he's married to, um, Tracy Allman. And they're really good together. And then Manhattan Murder Mystery. Oh, wow. uh, that's with uh, he's with Diane Keaton in that one, and uh, oh. yeah, I, that I really like too because they have they have good chemistry. You know, even though they were they were no longer together when they made right. that movie. Yeah, even though I didn't really like Annie Hall, I still thought she was good, and I, I appreciate their chemistry. Oh, she's yeah. really good. Except for when he would go off on his his ranting, kind of annoying bits. I when they were more subtle, I appreciated their <laughs> chemistry. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I generally, I generally like zombies now, even though I don't go out seeking zombie media. Um, 
and I don't really play any zombie video games except Call of Duty every now and then. But, um... <laughs> no. That doesn't count. That's not a zombie video game. <laughs> Why is that not a zombie video game? Because if you see that, and I've seen the zombie portion of that video game, um, and then you see, like, a real zombie video game, you'll realize, like, Resident Evil, those are real zombies. That's a real motherfucking zombie. <laughs> or, uh, what's the one where you're in the mall and you have to make your own weapons? I didn't like that one, but I don't like the ones where it's just basically shoot them up. I prefer the Resident Evil. Though There's actually one more aspect, though. Um, and I'm not, have you ever actually played one of those Call of Duty zombie games before, Sean? I've seen somebody play them. There's one more aspect besides the shoot 'em up aspect. It's kind of a merger of two video game genres. Um, it's you remember? Do you remember the old '80s games? Uh, like the, there was sort of like like King's Quest oh, yeah. and Leisure Suit Larry and those. You remember you had to find the key to open the door and like how do you get past the sleeping dragon? You got to find like the the whatever the the bath salts. So the, the bath salts. Resident Evil are, is like that. In addition to, oh right, yeah. of course. Even though I don't actually play Resident Evil, I'm aware of that. So in the Call of Duty zombie games, while you're trying to survive the assault of waves of hundreds and hundreds of zombies, the shoot 'em up part, at the same time, you have to run around and find the keys and find the light bulb to put in the socket. So you have to like work puzzles while being assaulted by waves of zombies. Oh, okay. So it, there's actually two parts to the game. Uh, and you have to like find how to unlock the next door, and you know, and you have to know how to solve all the puzzles. There's like the one where you have to find the film reel and put it on the projector, and then get through the screen. And, and I, by the way, I don't even love these games. They they can be fun. Yeah. But but I'm just saying, there's more to, than just simply shooting. There was there was a, a the one that I don't like is Left for Dead which is just literally yeah they're like the world war z zombies where they're running at you and there's so many of them i hate that get like the big exploding zombies and random yeah. things like that see what i don't like about that or the call of duty ones is there's no real story i mean there's a little bit of one but the resident evil yeah you like have to read like all these different documents and things and there's a real world there those other ones it's just kind of dressing for the the gameplay of the shooting zombies so like yeah and weirdly tying it back into this movie um you reminded me of something else i learned so like y'all said the wave of zombie movies got reinvigorated with 28 days and resident evil and then there was a little resurgence and just before this movie came out um the studio i think it's the same studio as whoever did this one um they had released uh was it house of the dead the movie based oh. on the video game and so that and that movie no. okay there's a really great nude scene with uh, erica durant's but anyway look that up on mr <laughs> skin but but that's the whole reason i bought the movie but anyway um that's good it is good doubly good um but anyway so that movie bombed really bad and because of that the studio like reduced the budget for this movie um for zack snyder because they thought they thought that maybe the the zombie craze was cooling off uh, after that movie bombed. You know, the, the, you know, this is why I hate movie executives. Because if you saw House <laughs> of the Dead and you're like, oh, maybe people are into zombies. No, you idiot! It's a shitty movie. You know, there are good zombie movies out there. 
There really are. Nobody wants to see this shitty movie, you fools. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah, the video game is not shitty. The video game is really fun if you play it in the arcade. Oh, I never played that, sadly. It's it's fun. It's fun. But it's. I remember I was watching it one night when I was at school and I had the free HBO. And it's just. It's rancid. It is. I, there's got to be a list <laughs> ranking the worst movies based on video games. Like, probably the worst might be Battleship. Well, that's not a video game. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there probably is a video game form of it. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's it's. I mean, I just a couple of years ago I started going through them all, and I've taken a long break because it's just so like crippling watching these fucking pieces of trash. Like in the name of the king, there's the double dragon movies. Yeah, those horrible Alone in the Dark and House of the Dead. Oh man, like Sticky Fingers shows up in one of them, and he's just Jesus a nightmare Christ. on screen. <laughs> the worst, oh. the wor- the best, the best one was probably Silent Hill. The worst one, to my hmm. knowledge, is House of the Dead. Um, oh. I, I, that was just so terrible. It was terrible. I mean, like, I think I could have made a better movie. You know? <laughs> I really think I could have. Sadly, we just started a series covering all the video game movies with the first Resident Evil, so I'll have to get to those all one oh, day. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I don't know why I do this to myself. Complete masochist. The, the problem with that is, okay, first of all, the tonally, uh, the Resident Evil movies are so completely different than the games. Because yep. those are horror games, okay? Those are survival horror games. The movies are adventure movies. They're action movies. Hmm. Um, and I don't think they completely suck. I've only seen the first three. Jesus. But uh, there's like six, I think. Now there's seven. But <laughs> Yeah, and the, the newest one's the only one that really focuses on horror. Yeah. But it's also like, because uh, the guy who made, I don't know all about all those Resident Evil movies, but that guy, he made the Monster Hunter movie, also a video game movie. And it's also yeah. takes some elements from the Monster Hunter video game, but it's it's more like the other Resident Evil movies. Like in, It's like a different skin of one of those Resident Evil movies. Um, oh, I haven't seen that yet. He also made uh, Mortal Kombat back in 95. Mm. Oh, really? That's the same guy? A long history of video game movies. Yeah, that's him. That's interesting. We all know, of course, what the best movie based on a game is. Right? Oh. Clue. Super Mario Bros. Clue. Oh, I, I was about to say it. I realized. Because at first I was thinking video games, but then I was like, no, yeah. he's talking about Clue. Yeah, it took um, me. Yeah, there you go. I wouldn't mind seeing the uh, uh, Mario Brothers movie. It just looks so bad that it must be. Fun. Oh, you mean the one from the 90s? Yeah. Yeah, it's really bad, but it's also it's it's not really a video game movie. I mean, it is, but it's not. What that movie really is that that was like its own unique genre. Yeah. I don't know what what to call it, but in the '90s, Batman comes along. Well, that's actually '89, but Batman kicks it off with these stylized, you know, movies based on other properties, and it it kicked off these other movies that are like larger than life, but some really really bad. And Mario's like one of the worst, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was Dick Tracy, and there was like um, Judge Dredd, Masters of the Universe, and there's these these large scale. Yes. Oh no no no. Well, that's com- that's just complicating things. But these <laughs> movies were like were larger than life, um, like but humongously filmed, like filmed in massive ginormous studios, uh, film yep. studios. I don't. I, I'll have to come up with some name for this, like 
genre of film, but it was a, such a 90s thing. I remember when Dick Tracy came out, I went to go see it with my family. I think they were visiting Chicago from Christmas. My grandma was on my one side, and her daughter, my aunt, was on my other side. And in the middle of the movie, my grandma leans over me to look at my aunt, and in a big stage whip whisper, she says, Mary, Mary, the acting in this movie is absolutely horrible. <laughs> like we would take, we take, we took her to a porno or something. I remember I was uh, when Beetlejuice came out. I was like obsessed with Beetlejuice, especially the soundtrack. I had the soundtrack, the Nanny Elfman soundtrack oh. on vinyl, and I went to visit my grandma, and uh, I brought it with me. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. This is before you know iPods. And, uh, you know, I've got the album and it's got the picture of, you know, Beetlejuice sitting in the house. And I'm like, oh, this is a soundtrack to my favorite movie, Grandma, Beetlejuice. And she looks at the album cover, which is the same as the movie poster. She says, looks pretty dumb to me. Oh, damn. Smoking her cigarette as a woman just non chain smoke. Looks pretty dumb to me. <laughs> I remember we <laughs> she took me to the movies one time. We saw Princess Bride in the theater together. Uh, one day, uh, we decided back in 87 that we were going to go see um, A Fish Called Wanda. Like, oh, this looks like a zany comedy you can go to see with your grandma. No, no, didn't work. In the movie, in the beginning, Jamie Lee Curtis is having an affair with uh, Kevin Klein, And they do a con where they pretend to be brother and sister. And there's a line where Jamie Lee Curtis says, you know what, even if you were my brother... I'd still want to fuck you. And my grandmother had some sort of epileptic seizure in the in the theater. She's like, Sean, get up. We're going now. I was so fucking oh, embarrassed. No. There were people laughing. I was like, oh, my God. She's like, it's oh, not like the old days where they would just, you know, they'd close the door. And you knew what they were doing. I'm like, they didn't even show anything. She just said the word fuck. You're just getting triggered. I'm wait, sorry. What I'm year was this? Because wait, when did that come out? You weren't that young. Eighty-seven. When that movie came out? Uh, no, I was probably twelve or thirteen. Oh, I thought you were maybe even older than that. Uh, yeah, that sounds like the weirdest story. Sean telling this story reminded me of a story with my grandma, because I've of course always had a huge DVD collection, and one night my grandma and my sister were like, "Oh, pick a random movie that you haven't seen, and we'll watch it for your collection." So I was like, oh, I got this movie called Ice Harvest with John Cusack and Billy Bob Thornton. Let's watch this. It's kind of like a Pulp Fiction ripoff, but it's got like a huge section of strip club and it's full of swearing like Pulp Fiction. And my Nana is a big conservative Christian and she just kept being like, this is a filthy movie. Like, why are you watching this filthy movie? It's like, oh, Grandma, I could turn it off. And she's like, no, no, I don't want to disturb you guys if you're watching it. But the whole time I was just so humiliated that I picked this horrible <laughs> Well, you didn't say, hey, you guys may want to watch this uh, Disney movie here instead. Wouldn't you rather watch uh, Tim Burton's Willy Wonka? Oh, God. People having scenes with, like, strippers, like, with their breasts right by it and going over their faces. Like, oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, my poor grandma. Like, how could I? <laughs> well, my grandparents died before I could go to the movies with them. But, um... Fucking <laughs> shit. You guys know Army of, Army of the Dead, you know, is like the first of a trilogy. You guys know that, right? Uh, was it meant to be that? I believe so, yes. And Army of Thieves is already out there. I haven't seen it. Uh, the second in the trilogy. 
I hear it's a prequel to Army of the Dead. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a prequel. It could suck my dick. I don't care. I don't want to see. But what do y'all think about the title of the third movie in the series? Is it called Dick of the Dead? It is. It is called Planet of the Dead. Oh fuck off! It sounds like a. <laughs> is it a Bava movie? <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know, but it's. I don't know, but it's directed, written, and produced by Zack Snyder. So, uh, for the second one, he didn't direct it; he just worked on the story and produced. But for Planet of the Dead, he will be directing again. Sean, was that a was that a reference to Planet of the Vampires? You know, I think so. Maybe I forgot that he did that. I've never seen that, but such a cool movie. Love, love that movie. Did you ever watch the newer, the newest Suicide Squad, Sean? James Gunn. Uh. The newer one? No. The one that came out within the last year. No. No. I, do you really think I would have watched that? No. But <laughs> I was just curious. I didn't think you were going to watch The French Dispatch either. But I was just curious. Maybe your mother would drag you to Suicide no. Squad or something. <laughs> no. I, I, wanted to watch, I wanted to watch Dune. And I said that. And you would have thought I was speaking, you know, Yugoslavian or something to her. She just looked at me all big-eyed like, Dune, I'm not going to see Dune. I want to see Belfast. I told my coworker like, he's like, so what are you going to do this weekend? Oh, I'm going to go check out the Dune. I was like, you probably don't know what it is. I was like, it's this remake of a famous science fiction thing. And he's like, oh, he's like, I saw hey. it. He was hey, like, hey, wait, sir, sir, sir. No, I will not have that. It is not a remake. It is based exactly. off a book. Yeah. Exactly. Under, understood. Sorry. Understood. Understood. But anyway, he said, oh, yeah. He said, he's like, no, no, no. He's like, I know that. He's like, I, I see. He's like, I saw the original. I was like, really? <laughs> I said, you saw the original. He said, yeah, yeah. He said it was pretty good. He was like, he said that was the one with uh, what's his name? He's like the wrestler. What's his name? Uh, uh Dwayne, Dwayne. I said the Rock. I said the Rock in Dune. He's like, yeah, the one, the one. And I was like, I, I said, fuck, not Doom. Doom. <laughs> oh god, another terrible video game film. He thought I was talking about Doom. And he thought it was going to be a remake of Doom, uh, the video game oh, movie. Oh, they made it. Yeah, this is the it. third the third incarnation, because they had the miniseries a while back, uh, oh. uh, which I've never seen, but I guess based on Caleb's uh, reaction. No, but the only reason I brought up Suicide Squad, because, you know, it is James Gunn. James Gunn is very interesting. And even though it is, quote-unquote, a superhero movie, it's it's very funny in a James Gunn kind of way, but it's also very, there's like these unexpected, like sort of like gory things that happen. Um, and I just, I don't know if that's, if any of that mixture is something that Sean finds entertaining or not. I have no idea. Oh, well, you know, the dark Knight, the, the violence in that, I love the, I want to makes me see this pencil disappear. Oh, that's just great. Well, that's, that's on the next level. I, I actually started watching, uh, Tom's niece was here. She was eight years old at the time. She was here for about, I don't know, I think a month almost. And um, she would watch me play Alien Isolation and get all into it. She didn't want to play herself. She just wanted to wish. I taught her to play Clue. We played Clue every fucking night. I'd come home from work. Sean, I want to play Clue. She lives in Thailand. And uh, she wanted to watch Suicide Squad. And we're sitting there watching it. I don't know how we got it. I don't know what, because uh, it was still fairly new. She turns to me. She says, Sean, I don't like this movie. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, fuck it, turn it off. Let's go play Clue. Jeez, uh, that's the uh, that's the award Academy Award winning 
uh, Suicide Squad, and it got an Oscar for best uh, makeup. I don't know. Uh, That movie's fucking terrible. Fucking terrible. (laughs) Truly is. We don't talk about that movie. I fucking bought it three months ago, but just to complete the set. Oh my god. But it's fucking terrible. Sorry. The zombies are back on Eric's side. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. You made me knock shit over. But, uh. That movie did the raid. No, wait, yeah, Suicide Squad, the the new one, uh, it is gory, but it's it's like humorous gory. Okay. Um, and of course, Peter Capaldi's great in that movie. I like yes. the concept of it, so I may watch it someday if it's available. It's 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 good. Well, if you have HBO Max, I'm sure it's on there right now. Of course, we can't forget Idris Elba's just sex on a stick. So I mean, you gotta enjoy it for that. The guy's so There's a lot of things to like about that movie, or even what's his name, Senna. Um, oh, I love John Cena. I've never seen a. I've never been a fan of his, but I do like him in that movie. Yeah, and the I, other I, guy, the other white guy, just because of wrestling. I saw a meme about Jonathan. It's it's the guy from Juno, right? The guy that was in um, uh, Social Network. Was that him? Juno. Juno, Mike Senna. That no, we're not talking about Michael Sarah. Oh, oh okay. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, okay. we're talking about another wrestler. <laughs> okay. No, but isn't what's his name? Good guy, boy candy. Um, what's the actor's name? Um, Joel Kinnaman. Good guy, boy candy. Yeah, let me let me look this guy up. Who are we talking about here? He, he's his his career is a little bit taking off, right? Or has been in recent years. He's in Suicide Squad. He was in uh, Altered Carbon Season 1 as the lead. Oh, I think he's a great actor. I don't think he's necessarily, you know, super attractive. but he I'm not qualified, but uh, there's something there's something very appealing about him in a leading man kind of way, even though he's not the lead man, but in a leading man kind of way in Suicide yeah, Squad. I, you know, I wouldn't say no. Um, I, my younger <laughs> oh. self... Would be like, well, I don't like tattoos, but nowadays I'm finding tattoos kind of attractive for some reason. I don't know why. Hey, if we're talking just, uh, if we're talking just, I wouldn't say no. I mean, that's a different, different debate. But <laughs> I don't know if he has tattoos in real life. No, but Joel Kinnaman, he's very, very likable in the newer. He's he's actually in the original Suicide Squad, but again, just pretending that it doesn't exist. Um, yeah, no, he he was quite good in Suicide Squad, uh, the sec the second one. Fuck, I wish they would have put a different title. He's good in everything I've seen. Um... When I was doing uh, the classic horror show with uh, Kyle and Eric, I remember uh, that was obviously brought up. And Kyle mentioned the point that in the beginning when they bring Jack into the office to talk to what's-his-name and you know basically do a job interview... Um, the geography of the building does not make sense because they, you know, he travels in and should there should not be a window in that guy's office where it is, and obviously it's a set. And, and I remember getting really frustrated because Kyle was really focused on that, and I'm like, Kyle, are you really, sh- really sure they did that on purpose to discombobulate you? Did you feel like that before you saw the documentary Room Two Three Seven? I did not say it like that because I respected Kyle quite a lot, but yeah, uh, I don't know. That's what I remember from that. Sorry going back to talk about man that is inane mcmongness if i've ever heard of any even before that documentary came out i used to always hang out in the imdb message boards oh jesus people love that shit about the shining it was never an aspect that i paid any attention to but people would always talk about how the whole movie is like just 
it's all about the fact that it's a movie and it's artificial. Yeah. I never saw that, but people would talk about that all the time. I don't really read it that way either. I saw The Shining. That's one of the ones that my. That's one of the movies that my parents let, let me watch when I was young. Uh, they also let me watch Poltergeist, not realizing that the sign, scene of a man pulling his face apart would terrify the fucking shit out of me. It was the tree for me. The tree. The tree. Yeah. Oh fuck! That fucked me up. <laughs> for most people, it's the clown, but the tree too. Yeah, I the guess. clown for sure. Yeah. Um, and when I got older, you know, I hadn't seen The Shining for years and years, and I think it was when I was in college. I watched it again and I completely fell in love with it. I'm like, this is one of the best horror movies ever. Like, I get what this is about. And maybe it was because I had read the book, which is, of course, different than the Stanley Kubrick film. This is about family dynamic. This is about alcoholism. This is how the family rots from within. And a lot of people complain about uh, Jack Nicholson's performance in that because he, the minute that he walks on screen, he seems like a crazy guy. Like, it's, it's, it's whatever, is Jack Nicholson thing. You know, he doesn't do that and say one flew over the cuckoo's nest because he's not supposed to be crazy in that movie. But I just think that, you know, that's the guy he was. And uh, the hotel recognized that in him, in him and it manipulated him into doing what the hotel wanted. And I don't understand why nobody can get that. They just complain about it. Don't get me started. Uh, I think there's a fair amount of lovers of the movie like me. I, of course, it's one of my all time favorite movies. I mean, I mean just, you know, Eric Stadnick and Kyle Anderson do not agree with you there. And me well, there, to some extent. There's a lot of things we don't agree about. And, and you, Caleb, you don't like The Shining? Oh my god, I my monocle fell out of my eye into my soup just now. I love it as an exercise in cinematography, but as a story, I don't necessarily feel like it holds together super well. But but like I've said, uh, I'm sure many times, The Shining is one of my all-time favorite books, so that makes that makes some of a difference, I think. Mm. I... I I struggle to separate the fact that it's an adaptation versus just a movie on its own. There's there's some movies where I just I can't accept that, like the original Dune movie. Every time I watch that, it just like attacks me in a certain way because I'm like <laughs> everything about this is so wrong for Dune. But I just can't accept it for what it is, and I feel similar way for Shining. I guess I can see that for Shining in in a, in a certain way. Well, as I've said, I don't understand why if if Stephen King, you know, disowned the movie, you know, adaptation or whatever of Shining, he did endorse Doctor Sleep, right? Or did he, Stephen King? I mean, the movie. Probably, I think everybody endorsed that. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't seen it yet. So that's why I've said this to Caleb before. I think, which is okay. So he disowns the original Shining, but then he endorses the Doctor Sleep movie. Yet that movie plays so many homages to the Shining movie. I, I can't wrap my head around that math. I, I don't know. Oh, you guys are kicking my ass right now because uh, this girl that I'm seeing on, on Friday this week, or next week, I should say, is going to go see uh, a double bill of The Shining and uh, Dr. Sleep with the director. Oh, my. Mike Flanagan in attendance. God. I'm so choked I can't go. <laughs> it's Fuck. like maybe a 20-minute drive for me, and I just I can't go because I'm busy that day, and I'm so pissed. Oh, man. I would... I would suck old men's dick to go to that i was gonna say i was gonna say blow homeless man <laughs> yeah and I, i'm yeah. so tempted to skip out on a family event to go but i just i would absolutely skip out on a family event 
I think that uh, if you, I don't know, your family's, well, maybe not. Never mind what I know. It's my girlfriend's family, unfortunately, or I guess my spouse at this point. But <laughs> So I, I, I can't get out of it as easily. If it was my own family, I would just be like, oh, I'm sick, you know, oh, I can't make it. But cause it... Hey, uh, for my family, all <laughs> I would have to do is say, hey, I'm going to go see this double feature of The Shining and Dr. Sleep. And my dad would be like, all right, fine. My mom would be like, can I go? 